Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. Take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter number 2. I believe we'll put the verse on the screen as well. Um, I'm sure coming into church today, no one could have guessed we would be in Luke chapter number 2. Um, Don asked me what I was going to use for my text. And I said, is there anything else besides Luke 2 that we can use during this time of the year? It's like a requirement for church when you come during the Advent time of the year or the Christmas season, you have to be reading from Luke chapter 2. So we're going to get into that. The places, what we're going to be looking at today, the, the theme of the message, we're going to look at the places of the Holy Night. So uh, let's make sure you keep an eye out for that as we read through our passage. It says um, in verse number 1 of Luke chapter number 2, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made by Serenius, who was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judah, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with his espoused wife, uh, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. I love that phrase there, great with child. Not just a little, but great with child. And so it was that while they were there, they, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lined him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And there, uh, and there, uh, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away, from them into heaven, the shepherds said on one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad uh, the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told, and it was told unto them. Let's pray and we'll get into the sermon. Dear Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this time of year, Lord, that we take to remember um, that holy night, Lord, when you left heaven and came to earth, Lord, wrapped not just in swaddling clothes, but in human flesh, Lord, the face of God first seen here on earth, God. And we pray that you would be with us, stir in our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would speak to us um, today in your name. Amen. So, like I said, the, what we're going to be looking at today are the places of the Holy Night. And the first one I, I want to talk to you about is Bethlehem, but not just Bethlehem, the journey to Bethlehem. I feel like an important place, not only, of course, we know of Bethlehem, it's the city of David, but we know it's the, the birthplace of Christ. But the journey there must have been a tough journey. 
It's a 90 mile journey, so if you think about taking that hike on foot or on donkey back, because I'm sure there wasn't, a, there was no mention of a big caravan going with Joseph and Mary, um, but it's a 90 mile walk. So just to give you some per perspective, from here to Woonsocket, Rhode Island is 90 miles. Anyone feel like taking that hike? <laughs> from here to, if you're gonna go north, that's like into uh, Woburn is where you're going. It's, it's pretty far. I'm not one to sign up for that. And I don't know, I've never been pregnant, surprise. I don't know if anyone, <laughs> big shocker there. But I don't think any expecting mother would willfully or voluntarily want to travel 90 miles by back of donkey or by foot. It just doesn't sound as something that's pleasant. So I can imagine that this journey, though it was required and because it was required for taxes, I mean, we're, I'm not a guy that loves the idea of having to pay taxes. I'm sure they weren't really fired up. And then to throw on, not only does it automatically come out of your paycheck, you got to go 90 miles to pay them. That just doesn't feel like a good time to me. <laughs> and I'm sure the, the, the um, journey that Joseph and Mary kind of were thinking the same thing or, or were kind of frustrated by it too. I can imagine it's the worst timing for these kind of things. It's one of those things that just comes up every time of year. It's the worst time for it. But they made this journey. It's a long journey. And they get to this place called Bethlehem. And I, I would imagine, being that this is a place that they are from, the Bible tells us that Joseph is of the line of David, and he's from this city of David, the place where David was born. And that David made into a mighty big town, a big important capital in the nation of Israel years and years before. I just imagine there was some nostalgia inspired by finally getting there, right? And I think this time of year is, I mean, if we could summarize it in one word for most people, is nostalgia, right? We think of years past of the traditions that we have as a family. We, we think of the familiar places we see every Christmas, the packed mall parking lot. Well, not so much anymore because of Amazon, but the packed mall parking lot, the mall decorations, the full church services, the decorated homes. There's a lot of nostalgia at this time of the year. And for some people, that nostalgia isn't always the most pleasant thing. I think for a lot of people, we look forward to that nostalgia, those memories, things coming back. But there is always... Or not always, but for a lot of people, there's a tinge of pain for those memories. They go with they are reminders of things that were lost. There are reminders of family members that may have gone on, or of broken homes that may have happened in the meantime, lost dreams, uh, just failures from the past that kind of come up and creep into our mind at this time of the year. And I would imagine that Mary and Joseph probably have that same feeling walking into Bethlehem. They see laid to ruin this once great city that their family was in charge of. And the Bible tells us that Joseph was of the line of David. The other part too is so was Mary. Mary was also of the lineage of David. That uh, these two people, at one point, their family was nobility. They were royalty. They were rulers and kings of the nation of Israel. And now they walk into Bethlehem just as a simple carpenter and expected mother. A reminder of what once was, but may never be again. And I would imagine that a lot of us have that same type of pain when we come to this holiday season. Know that God sees you in those moments. This is aside from the message. But God sees you in those moments. Those moments of pain where it should be joy, God sees you there. 
And I know that God saw Mary and Joseph going into this town and they felt that way. The journey to Bethlehem must have been painful for Mary and Joseph. I mean, I would just imagine, and we already talked about it, making that hike when you're great with child, not just expecting, but great with child, and nigh into birth. And I would imagine that at some point on the journey, Mary must have gone into labor. So that journey was really a wearying journey. And then to walk into Bethlehem and have and go from weariness to brokenness, right? To go from weary to weary, from trial of a journey to the travail of labor. And I know for some people at this time of the year, we go into the weariness of just the day-to-day -day of life as it comes and it comes to us and we're worn down from the busyness of life and worn down from working our jobs and just life in general to come into a time of year where our emotions start to really wreck us. But let me tell you that Christ has a different plan for them. He wants to change. Bethlehem may have been a place at one point for Mary and Joseph of what wasn't to be, but God had a different plan. Joseph and Mary's family trees go back to King David, and I, I want to tell you that in spite of, of God, and so Christ wasn't born because of his genealogy. He was born in spite of it. And in spite of the failures of the past, God has a plan. Joseph and Mary's family tree go back to King David. Joseph through Solomon and Mary through Nathan. Being in Bethlehem, the city of David, must have been a reminder of how their families had fallen from royalty and nobility. It may have been a reminder that they would never be what they felt like they should have been. Christ was born in spite of his family tree, not because of it. Abraham was a liar. Jacob was, uh, gave away his inheritance. Uh, I'm sorry, Isaac gave away his inheritance. Jacob was a deceiver. Tamar was abandoned. Ruth was a widowed immigrant. David was a murderer and an adulterer. Solomon was a philanderer. Jehochin was cursed by God and removed from the, the throne. Max Licato writes, Chaos cannot keep Christ out of his world. The Messiah was born not because of his ancestors, but in spite of them. The family tree of Jesus is gnarled and crooked, yet God had promised Jesus would come, and Jesus came. Amen. Has God ever brought you to a place in your life that was a reminder to you that you aren't all that you think you should be? Has God brought you to a pace of past failure, of broken, missed dreams, loss of something you feel you should have had? Let me tell you, persevere. God is working. Endure. God is working. There is a plan. God did not take you there by mistake. Let me tell you this. God may take you to your own Bethlehem, a place where you feel like it should be a place of joy, but is a place of pain. And he has a plan for you there. Christ changes the place here in Bethlehem. And this is all because Jesus was born. It changes from a place of what happened to the birthplace of Christ. This is the birthplace of Mary's firstborn son, of Joseph's adopted son. Christ changes the place here in Bethlehem to, from a reminder of a kingdom loss to where the new king is born, the king of kings. A king who conquers the sin and failures of the past and gives a new story, a new use for his glorious everlasting kingdom. And God wants to do the same in our lives. If you're taken to a place where you are reminded of your failures, know that God has a different story for you. Get him involved. Have his face in your life and those failures. And Christ will change the places that are reminders of our failures to a place of his triumph. Amen. God has a plan for what you're going through. For the place that you're in, for where you are now, God has a plan for it. And it's a plan yes. for his triumph. 
God wants to take that place where you may have failed in the past, where you may have been wrong, where you have endured tragedy, and take it to a place to tell his story. Why is Bethlehem so important? Yes, we remember it as the city of David. It's an important historical city, but it is remembered across the world as the birthplace of Christ, where God came into the world wrapped in flesh for the first time. Man, behold God's face in Bethlehem. Man had never seen what God's face. Moses saw his hindsight passing by, but God's face for the first time was here in Bethlehem. And let me tell you, that tragedy may be the first place you see Christ. That might be the first opportunity that God can show up in your life because of that failure, because of that tragedy. Don't discount it. Don't throw it aside. Don't abandon it. See Christ there. So first we see the place of Bethlehem in the Christmas story, the Holy Night. The second place we see is the manger. And really, the second place we hear talked about is the inn. And I would imagine, as we talk about this inn, this full inn that there's no room for, I always have wondered, was the manger a sarcastic suggestion or a realistic option? We don't know what time of day Mary and Joseph come, and I would imagine it would be late at night, traveling all day long. I can imagine there was lots of pit stops as Mary is starting to go into labor and feeling contractions, got to stop, pull over on the side of the road, and take time. So I imagine as long as the journey of this 90-mile journey was, they had it all planned out. It didn't blindside them. They knew the taxes were coming up. But I would imagine there was a wrench in the plan every step of the way, right? So they were there later and later pushing back that arrival time. Have you ever gone on a trip? And I, I thank God I'm past the travel for Christmas. I It's the worst time of the year to try and travel, to get anywhere. Not only are you running into everyone else on the road, but you're also running into weather every single time you go anywhere for Christmas, right? You're driving through, well, for us, it was driving from Massachusetts to Michigan or for me from Indiana to Michigan, right? Even though it should only be a two and a half hour drive, there was A, either traffic, and B, snow, or even worse, ice everywhere, right? So I'm so thankful that you don't have to, I don't have to watch the little time on the clock, the arrival time get later and later and later, right? That's the worst feeling in the world. I can imagine that's kind of what Mary and Joseph were going through here, right? They didn't have smartphones, so they didn't have the time, but I'm sure Joseph, like any father, has the mental clock, any man has a mental clock in his head, he's just imagining, now this is what time we're getting here, right? Now this is what time we're getting here. Mary, I think you're all right. Come on, let's just get back on the donkey. Let's get going. You'll be okay, right? I can imagine that. We've all felt that dynamic, right, where we're just in a rush to get somewhere. And I would imagine Joseph knocks on the door or stands at the door, asks if there's room in the inn, right? They have plans. They didn't make any reservations on Expedia or Travelocity, so they knocked and was hoping there was vacancy. They knock on the door, and I'm, the innkeeper comes to the door and tells him there's no room. And I always wonder if it was sarcastically, he's like, the only place I got is the manger out back, right? And God takes and uses the manger because it's open. God doesn't require the best or the biggest for us to see him. The only requirement is that it's available. You want to see God get involved in your life? Make room for him. You want to see the face of God work in your circumstance, in your situation? Make sure there's room for him. Life is busy, right? 
in this time of the year, it feels even more busy. There's always something else to do, some place to be, something that needs to get done. But we don't always make room for him. God only enters the places where there is vacancy for him. He didn't need a palace or a throne. He didn't need a clean place, just an available one. The inn, much like life, was crowded, often too crowded for Christ. But Christ doesn't come in to add to the list and to crowd, but to clear it. Let me say that again. Christ doesn't come to add to your busyness, add to your list. He comes to clear it. He tells us his yoke is easy and his burden is life. Your life may be weighed down by fear, anxiety, shame, sorrow, anger. God came to clear those things. God claimed to clear the list. We come into the world broken and lost. He came into the world to find us and fix us. God will show his face only in circumstances and situations where there is room for him. We know the Christmas story and we know the symbolism, but we don't remember it for Christ being born in the inn. We don't know where it was in the inn he was born. He was born in a manger, in a messy, used manger. Think about that. God wants to be in the world so bad, he left the glories of heaven where there are creatures created just for his internal glory and for his eternal worship. They couldn't stay away. They showed up in the field and singing worships to him when he was born. But he left all that to come and to be born in a manger. How much more so does God want to be in your heart and in your life? Think about the great, the things that had to all go right for Christ to be born in Bethlehem like he promised. Not of the seed of Joseph, which is where uh, the line, the lineage that Joseph was born. He was born of a virgin of Mary, a different line. So he could sit on the throne of Israel again. So he could be king again because God cursed them that they'd never be king. But he made it all happen. A virgin birth, a manger birth in the city of Bethlehem. How much more? What are the greater lengths that God will go to to be in your life? You're brought to those broken, broken circumstances that we talked about, the brokenness of life. We, we feel it all the time. God brought you there so he could be in your life. Now make room for him. Make room for him because he wants to change where you are. He wants to change it from just a manger to the birthplace of Christ. He wants to change it from Bethlehem, the fallen city, the fallen capital before Jerusalem of Israel to the birthplace of Christ. God wants to be in our lives so bad. All we have to do is make room for him. We need to make room for him. Because, I mean, think about the names that God gave himself in this time. Emmanuel, Jesus. They're all God in us, God with us, and God saves. God wants to be with us, and he knows us so desperately. He became man, became human, felt the warring of the spirit and flesh, is acquainted with grief, fear, and pride, not from a third-person view, but a first-person experience. And God wants to save us from that. The manger illustrates God not only shows himself in messy situations, but he works in the mess of our lives. And the last place we'll look at, and we'll do this quickly, is the field. How appropriate that the field, which is a place of labor, is turned into a place of worship. So we see Bethlehem, we see the manger, and then we see worship. How, how strange, right? We go from this travel and then this trial of, of 
a labor and childbirth to the field. And then the angels start worshiping. It's much like our Christian life. God shows us we're broken. He comes into it, changes it, and then there's worship. How appropriate this field is changed into a place of worship. God is looking for people to worship. More than anything else, the, the Christmas story is about God is worthy for worship. He came into the world to save the world, and now it should be worship. What does worship do? Worship is broadcasting this news, this wonderful news of who Jesus is, what Jesus does, how much Jesus loves us. And that's what happens to the angels. These angels go and they tell the wonderful news. And then the shepherds go and spread that news through worship. Let's look here at the passage. In, uh, we'll start in verse number... Uh, uh, verse number 8. And there were in this same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came about uh, upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto is born this day in the city of David a uh, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace, goodwill towards men. Just a couple notes here. The angel comes and says, Fear not, just one singular angel. And then suddenly there was a multitude of angels. So I can imagine the fear probably ran back, right back up. But he comes in and brings the news. God is looking for people like the angels that will worship him always. But God is also looking for people like the shepherds to go where he leads. In verse number 50, 15, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. God is worthy of worship. He's worthy of being praised. He's worthy of all that. And the angels do that. And then they, the shepherds take what they hear and go and do it. The Bible, over and over, it asks us to be doers of the words, not hearers only. So we know that God moves us through these circumstances and then he doesn't work in us. Go and spread that. Tell that to others. That's the story of Christmas. That's the story of the nativity. That's the story of the Advent is that it's worthy to be worshipped and it's worthy to be shared. Worship is whatever we trust and gives us meaning and purpose. So we know that Christ brings us through these opportunities where we fail. And the things that we set up at as worthy to be worshipped just come up short. And he isn't. Spread that news. Worship like the angels. Make a big deal about Christ's arrival and work and his work in our lives. In word, out loud for others for hear, to hear. Worship like the shepherds in following what we are told in doing and in service to him. Sincere worship sees Jesus for who he is and sets his preeminence of our life. And let me tell you, Christ is worthy of worship. So we see the, the, the place of Bethlehem transformed. From a place of sorrow and failure to a place of victory. We see the manger is a place of opportunity that's available to Christ. Becomes a place of greatness. We see a, the field, a place of worship that's turned into, or a place of work that's turned into worship. Take our work, take your work from work to worship. And that, what I mean by that is our service to him shouldn't be a chore, it shouldn't be a labor, it should be an opportunity of worship. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. 
We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.